Hello, listeners. In this series of podcasts, we're exploring the regions of Italy. With the geographic size of the state of California, and with 20 regions, Italy represents a rich canvas of geography, history, and culinary specialties. We'll be introducing you to some Italian history and recipes that will help explain why Italy is such a culinary journey. So join us on Road Trip Italy. You're listening to Sharing the Flavor, a show that connects you with flavor and how to create it. In this show, we connect you with recipes, cooking techniques, and show you a little bit of the science of cooking to help make you a successful cook so you can share flavor with your friends. I'm your host, Andy Gebby. In this episode, Vanessa Giovanni and I travel to the northwest region of Italy to an area called Piedmont. Literally translated, it means foot of the mountains, and that's because we're at the foot of the Alps. Piedmont is one of the top three culinary regions of Italy, featuring truffles, rice, beef, and prized wine that make for incredible food. So join us for a fun discussion on a road trip to Piedmont. So, so what we're uh, what we're celebrating today is we're actually starting a road trip, um, and for uh, uh, listeners' benefit here, we're road tripping throughout Italy, and we're actually starting in the north, um, which is northwest specifically, uh, in a city that a lot of people aren't very familiar with. It's probably not on your top ten list to go to if you're vacationing in Italy. Uh, so it's the city of Turin, in the northwest area. Sincerely, yeah. it sh- it shouldn't be in your top ten list to go to. It's an industrial city, I get it, but but it's in the it's you know unless it's you want to eat eat really crowd. well, you do eat really well though. You eat really well. You are two hours from the coast, <clears throat> beautiful, you know, um, you know the uh, Italian Riviera. So Riviera, so it's not that bad, right? But you are in yes. a you're. In, <laughs> Uh, but you're in a uh, culinary mecca in terms of yes, the in terms of the region. Is. The region is enormously Definitely. important. Well, Torino as well. You eat really, really well still. Also because it's not so touristy, so mm-hmm. you don't have those. Uh, forgive me, Bangladesh. So many bang. Maybe now it's changing. Bangladesh cooks in the back cooking. You know, vitatone or or or. There's nothing wrong with it except that if you've not eaten it until you're 35. And someone isn't looking over you named Maria who cooked it about 5,000 times, then you're not really that interested in imitating this stuff that should be done. So either you're a genius cook or you're going to make basically touristy crap. Anyway. Yep. Anyway, where are we starting? So we are start, we're starting in Piedmont. So I, what I want to preface for listeners is there are 20 regions in Italy. And we're in the region, northwest region of Piedmont. Its capital city is Turin. So we're going to, we're going into Turin, the capital city, but really where we're concentrating on is due south of Turin in an area called Alba. And Alba is famous for white truffles. So that's going to be one of the things we're talking about is white truffles. We have a menu today, which I'll get into here momentarily, which is going to include, let me bring it up here. We're going to be talking about truffles. We're going to be talking about winemaking, um, as well as the prized beef that is part of Piedmont. Piedmont is known for its prized beef. 
and hazelnuts. All you Nutella fans out there, don't eat Nutella, eat hazelnuts. Hazelnuts are incredible. <laughs> and um, our menu is going to consist of this, is as we're visiting Alba, is a appetizer of beña cauda, uh, a primi dish, a pasta called tyrene, which is their spin on tagliatelle. And uh, Vanessa has made firsthand and is going to talk about vitello tonato. And then we're going to top it off with a little bonnet for dessert. So, but where I'd like to begin is truffles. So I have not worked with truffles before, but Vanessa, you have. And Giovanni, mm-hmm. you've eaten white truffles. So you both understand way more about it than I do. Mm-hmm. Giovanni, you want to go first? You can talk about your. No, mix. you go shoot, shoot. You go ahead and <clears throat> do your thing. <clears throat> Pardon. So yes, Andy, I made a, a mushroom risotto with truffles. I had gotten some uh, wonderful black truffles from France. Sorry, they weren't from Alba. They were from France, but you know, next best thing. And they were absolutely amazing. Um, so basically, what I did is I just um, shaved them over the top of the risotto when it was finished and it gave it the most just amazing umami flavor. Um, so, you know, mushrooms, I, I think most mushrooms, people think they're, they're not very strongly flavored, I think, but they do have a certain like boskiness, if that's a word. Mm-hmm. They're just very earthy. And the um, the truffles were just out of this world. They were just fantastic. So I was very, very pleased with them. And, you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully I'll get some more for, you know, Christmas this year. Hint, hint. Uh- <laughs> so with that, Vanessa has started a go, uh, a go, whatever it was that this would be a GoFundMe account for truffles. So please, <laughs> so please give to the Vanessa fund for truffles graciously. Please. <laughs> I'll, I'll remember the, you in my prayers. And what's, what's the motto going to be? What's the, the what? motto going to be? What a would motto. be the motto of the Vanessa truffle fund? Magabte la nata. It's, it's a saying from Piedmont. <laughs> It's a saying from Piedmont. It's it's it's, say, it's a phrase that was coined by the uh, the famous professor uh, and writer Umberto Eco, who actually is uh, from Piedmont. I believe he was born in Alessandria. And Magabte la nata is one of my favorite phrases from the book Foucault's Pendulum, which basically means take the cork out. Um, in in other words, you know, some people have a cork up their ass, and you take it out, and they 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 become a normal person once again. So Magabte la nata. It's my, it's my it's my favorite saying in Italian. Next to DC Putz. I do have a suggestion, and that is you could say in Are Alba white truffles really that good or are French truffle white truffles better? And I'm sure you'd get Albans and French sending you stuff. Just put it out that way. There you <laughs> go. Are Alban truffles all that good after all, or is French or are French better? Well, I, I mean, and, and it, Piedmont is very, so close to France anyway, right? I mean, much of their cooking over the years has been influenced no, by no, French no, no. cuisine. F- no, France is very close to Piedmont. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, France is close to Piedmont. <laughs> My apologies. Exactly. The, let's clarify that for our audience. We France let the French visit Italy every so often, but, but let's get it straight. Not here. too often, though. Not too often. No, no they no. can visit as much as they want as long as they spend money. No one likes the French. <laughs> <laughs> Mind you, I'm you can, you can go to, you can go to the it, Italian part of France, which is the part that France stole from Italy, which is along the coast, mm-hmm. and they did steal it. 
the French liked to steal stuff when they actually had, you know, something like an empire. You can go to the Louvre and basically see all Italian masterpieces because there aren't that many French masterpieces. Michelangelo, yeah, sure. Yeah, no, Leonardo da Vinci. You'd be surprised. Oh, I'm sorry, David, not go in there yet. Uh, you go to the Louvre and it's it's pretty impressive. It's all lots of yeah. anyway, lots of Piemontese, ha it's Italian stuff. Instead, <laughs> <laughs> the, the 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 other the other one is actually French, basically. Those French bastards. Century, late stealing late all 19th the art century had. They did. I'm not kidding you. I know. Napoleon, uh, <clears throat> who was, by the way, you know, Bonaparte, not Bonaparte, not Napoleone Bonaparte. Cioè. <laughs> Bonaparte. <laughs> Bonaparte. He was. He was. Um, his, his, his father was Italian. Yes, Bonaparte. But you know, if you're running the, if you're, if you're the emperor of France, it sounds much better. Bonaparte. It's. It's. You know. It's Corsica. <laughs> it's not Corsica. It's Corsica. That's you know. <laughs> Corsica. Can you say what that else? again, Italian? And one more time, Gio, for me. Corsica. It's not I... or or it's not bechamel. Grazie. Bechamel started south, <laughs> then Catherine took it north, and forks. Anyway, <laughs> basically, the French take Italian stuff and add bubbles to it. They're really good at adding bubbles. They're <laughs> fabulous. They're, they're fabulous. And they really bubble. are. And they're really good at bubbles. They really are. They, they, they're genius at they bubbles do. and butter. It's incredible what they can do with that, but yes. Let's not go there unless you want to talk about things like Last Tango in I was going to say, are we going to talk about Last Tango in Paris? No, we don't, we don't have to go to Food and Paris. Romance. It's all good. <laughs> and, Getting back and, to the menu. And the <laughs> bubble thing did come to mind when we started talking how bubbles are made in bathtubs, but I decided not to go there until yeah, I wouldn't Tango there. and Butter was included. Tango and Piemonte butter. is very influenced <laughs> by the... Quiz that is very influenced by French, but important. It's very influenced by uh, Empire and by King type cuisine. It's very rich. This would be the House of Savoy you're talking about. Yes, and so their cuisine is uh, is you know is divided between very expensive and very poor. So, so if we look at a contrast, and and I guess maybe where we could start. Well, let's talk. Let's Alba, talk about truffles. Yeah, let's let's talk about truffles and how truffles are you know a rich person's food. Um, and really it's unique to that area because they have to be harvested in an extremely, uh, you know, unique way that makes it. Sure. The only thing that Andy, yeah, that you, you use dogs basically to tire, harvest them, pigs, but not as much, but. And you can't use actually, pigs because the pigs will eat the truffles, which precisely. is really, it's really Most funny of them to will, think yes. about. And there's a lot of, you know, combat going on. You can't actually, you can find them all over the place, truffles. In France as well, and in Abruzzo, it's probably the largest region in Italy where they make truffles. <clears throat> no, I never but knew the that. Alban really, truffles are known, uh, but the Alban truffles, the white ones particularly, are simply of a more high quality. Unfortunately, I'm not an expert because you've got to be rich to. to but there are all, there's an enormous difference in quality between truffle and truffle, and really, really quality ones go for. You've seen the auctions; they go for an absurd amount of money. It's absurd. Like I've look, I've looked at importers in the states, and we're talking for ounces. And like a scant amount, hundreds of dollars, right? This is this is obscene well, amounts of money. Put in your notes, and you can take a look at the auction and see how expensive they are. Yeah, yeah. Put it in the notes, and we can talk about Based it. Based by Albin Truffles at auction. Jesus and it's Christ! Odd because it's now you've seen it. Hey, eh? what? Holy white crap. truffle sells for one hundred and twenty thousand euros at a time. One white truffle, one hundred twenty thousand euros. Truffle. <laughs> The Japanese love it. 
and uh, it's first year. I just mentioned it in the notes, you Andy. First year stuff is now uh, hyperinflation, like Eames chairs and and uh, <clears throat> first edition books or 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 expensive paintings that are oh pretty garbage Lord. nevertheless. And then, ah, now she's looking at it for the first time. And the difference between <laughs> getting a, an expensive... <laughs> where, which, which, where did you put this, Joe? Because I, I'm not, I'm I not picking it up. I just I'll, typed in, I just did whatever, a Google search on um, white Alba truffles, and I'm on this website, gourmetfoodstore.com. Holy shit. One ounce of white Alba truffles is $4,327.20. No, that's just... That's the, the price per pound. No, that's just the, the forgive me, the less expensive stuff. This is what I'm talking about. Here, here maybe just put me. a link in. The difference is that important. <laughs> Copy. And where's the chat? Oh, I see where you're I talking about, you. Vanessa's two-ounce chilled, 4,000. And there's a post. The, the industrial the, stuff. The New York Post. A giant white truffle sells for $118,000 at a mushroom auction. A mushroom auction. Now, see, there's something I want to do on my next vacation. Wait a minute. Last go. year, last year in twenty two, because it, it happens in the fall, of course, you you top two hundred thousand for a single trouble. I believe it. See, uh, it's 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 pre- it's, a, it's a, essentially no, an, an investment yeah. at that point. It's crazy the amount of, the amount of money that. that oh, people... but just you can order from Amazon.com. Extremely fresh white truffles, one ounce, special shipping to the USA for the mere price of two hundred and ninety dollars. There you go. And they're from it's Romania. They're probably from Romania. I'm not kidding. They probably are from Romania. <laughs> More than likely. I'm not kidding. I'm not, I'm not kidding. It's, no, no. A lot I'm, of the I've, porcinis actually... you get, for example, are from Romania because there's actually real porcinis that are delicious. And the secondary ones, and it's not that they're, they're bad, but they're not as nearly as flavorful. Mm-hmm. And right. other places have that. Even Switzerland has porcini, by the way. They taste like everything Swiss. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, it almost sounds like neutral. a tagline for a t-shirt. It tastes like everything Swiss. Anyway. It's <laughs> no, some things are delicious. You know, Red Bull was, you know, an Indian Indian product that the Swiss took. Anyway, back to truffles. So back so to truffles, but more truffles important. are that expensive. So truffles are hugely expensive. We're going to talk about them in the context of pasta here momentarily. But we're going to start with an appetizer that I have never had, but you both have had, mm-hmm. called Banya Cauda. Which is a hot bath, hot bath, literally translated, but it looks like an incredible um, dip, if you will, or for for raw vegetables, or I mm-hmm. guess I guess it'd be cooked vegetables too, but raw vegetables like cauliflower and radishes and and whatnot. It's but also it's in, really good with beets. Yeah, it's and fantastic it's, it, with beets because beets are so sweet, and the garlicky saltiness is like a beautiful contrast to it. So. And, and so for listeners' benefit, this is made from the most simple set of ingredients you can imagine, but they have to be really good, is garlic, olive oil, fresh, and fresh anchovies. Garlic. Fresh. Fresh garlic. And some anchovies and more fresh garlic and some some milk, maybe sometimes if you make it that way, and then more garlic and then heat and then more garlic, maybe put in some more anchovies and more garlic. And then some more garlic, and then some more garlic, and mm. some more garlic. And then You're going to smell garlic. wonderful afterward. <laughs> Not so much, because actually if you soak it, particularly in the milk as you're supposed to, and they're supposed to, as they do now, it loses much of that garlicky scent. It's still intense. I've had it a few times, but you've got to let it soak for at least a few hours. So you're, so you're soaking milk. it in milk hours ahead of time before you prep the dish with the anchovy, Giovanni? <laughs> yep. You can look that up quickly. Um, 
But it's really intense. I, of course, like it. Vanessa probably would like it too. I'm sure you liked it, didn't you, Vanessa? I loved it. Me it was too. wonderful. And I don't know that they had soaked. It was a very garlic intense. Um, what did we have it? I want to say we had it when we were in Bologna, which it I know be. is Bologna's is not technically in Piedmont, or is it? No, it's completely, no. it's way south. Uh, okay. But um, but that's um, where we had it, and it was fantastic. And I remember used. like a good three hours later, I was sniffing myself because, you know, I was like, oh, I smell good. It's going to well, come It out. almost seems like when you look at the pictures, yeah, I think about it almost like a fondue where mm-hmm. you, it I mean, I, there's obviously no cheese in it, but it's something that you serve in a warm vessel, right? And it's meant to be shared. Well, if it gets cold, the texture changes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it kind of it, gets, it kind of seizes heated. up. Yeah. It does have to be heated. Otherwise, it's not a good. And yet, not you don't have to soak it in milk first, but it's become a uh, proxy because if not, then you do get really thick garlic, massive mm-hmm. garlic, and more garlic scent, overwhelming garlic. And, and today we have you know things like deodorant and stuff, so <laughs> we're not used to having, <laughs> having massive scents. Yeah, that to me, I, this is something I actually do want to try. Um, I have to get good garlic, good anchovies before I can actually even make a run at it. But it fresh, seems like it'd be a fresh blast. garlic. The important thing is it's fresh. Garlic when it's fresh is is less intense mm-hmm. and it's a wetter. It's a you know okay. it, it has more odor but less flavor. Mm-hmm. You don't want the you don't want the big Tuscan stuff. You don't want the big massive garlic. You don't want red you can even use white garlic or red I think probably would be would be more more delicious or, or pink. But you don't get Chinese for heaven's sakes. Uh, ever. Ever, 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 ever. But it's really delicious. The thing is, is that in the U.S. it probably isn't popular also because as Vanessa was here, you were too, Andy. Uh, unless you have a really good uh, or, uh, orchard and you do it yourself, the vegetables have to don't have taste. <laughs> like she said, yes. it's great with the beets. And mm-hmm. if you have pepper particularly or polenta, and, you put in, and it's really good. But if you have, we used to have a stop and shop used to be called the chain in Cleveland, whatever mm-hmm. the chains, chain stores is. And you get that hot pepper made in, and forgive me, New Mexico or Florida or Mexico. And it's basically a form of plastic. And if it you is, put it, it is. And if you, put, yeah. and if you put banya cow down, it, you're just going to have banya. You're not going to taste. It's not going to be an, an amalgamation. It's just going to be this garlic stuff on plastic. And that's right. why it probably is not as popular. Or versions well, are less. Aioli, in other words, which is more mild. Mm-hmm. You've had, everyone's had aioli. Of course, so yeah, I've had aioli. It's more mild and, and it works better because... But you, 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 it's not easy to find, not in Italy either. It's not easy to find that really delicious, just picked, great stuff. And that fits and then, ah, and then have a drink of wine and you're in heaven. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can imagine. I mean, there are, there are places, I mean, certainly here in Cleveland, I'm sure in Albuquerque is, you know, if you can find a fresh farmer's market where the farmers are mm-hmm. growing fresh produce. You know, get the fresh produce and make it. Oh yeah, right in the- we have several here in Albuquerque, and that the 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 one that's closest to me just started up yesterday for the summer and fall. So, yes, I'm I'm very excited to go and stock up on garlic from China <laughs> <laughs> and some plastic vegetables and some plastic Can't vegetables wait. to boot. Mmm. Then you wake mm. up, me. wake up the next day, and your left eyeball will have this very odd, you know, <laughs> ruby color. And it'll be sticking out. <laughs> <laughs> and your left nipple will be so uneven, it'll make you scared. <laughs> oh, Giovanni. Oh, we won't go to butter and bubbles, but that might that happen. Yeah, we don't necessarily have to do that. But 
So now that we've had now that we've had our our kind of antipasta or pre pre pasta dish, we're going to have our first course, which is a pasta called tahrin, which is their spin on tagliatelle, which I'm going to make this week myself. Um, it is a super eggy form of pasta. When I was looking at like the ratios here, and I know you showed them to me, Giovanni. I mean, the amount of like concentration of eggs is very very high. Right, with this is it's only egg, it's only <clears throat> egg, only yolks. You don't use eggs, just yolks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, and even like looking at, uh, you know, two hundred fifty grams of of flour in eight egg yolks in the process. It's a lot, um, and I think Giovanni, you mentioned per one hundred grams of flour, classically it's four egg yolks. No, tendentially you use thirty per, so it'll be three per. Three so per. eight per is why, which is why it's two, it's three, six, eight. Mm-hmm. So eight. So, you know, then it depends on the size of the eggs, of course. Nothing. Pasta is never. It's not like a baking because you know it's always you always have to adjust. Flowers. So, every flower is different. Every egg is different. Andy, are you going to actually make the pasta from scratch? I'm going to make it from scratch. I, oh, uh, I have. I so I have. Try to do a video if you wouldn't mind. I would love I to will. see that. I will. I know. I'm totally going to do this. I've got. Yeah. I've, okay. I've got uh, this the best double zero flour I can get my hands on in the States. Right. So I have double zero flour. I got farm fresh eggs, um, from, you know, local area. I just haven't had time to make it, but I want to make the, I want to make it and I'm going to make it with butter and sage. Um, but classically, if you were in Alba, you would have this with butter and white truffle, which would if you're rich, be yeah. through the, through the moon. So. You wouldn't want to, um, use like white truffle oil. No, in- no, no, no. <laughs> Definitely you, not. No. Somebody, really somebody get the pedals, that, Giovanni. Giovanni. How do you really feel about that? Because I wasn't real clear on that. You're being Very kind funny. of, you're being kind of laid back about it. What's, yeah, what's, what's really like, on your mind? Can you, can you, repeat can you, your favorite, you? repeat your favorite phrase from Piemonte, please. <laughs> <laughs> not exactly. <laughs> That's more along the lines of preceding the bubble and the butter. <laughs> so no, with 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 truffle if, oil is truffle oil useful giovanni in any in any purpose yeah, at all of course it is if you like it go ahead i don't can't really know any people from italy who actually like it except when you make pasta itself and you don't have a lot of money then you can use oil into the a small amount usually really small amount of good quality oil and therefore you don't put anything else on the pasta just have that with a bit of butter and that's that Mm-hmm. And that's the only time I've ever had it, which is even decent. To mix it with anything else is, in my opinion, destructive. Unless you, you know, if you like it, fine. But it's just, uh, it's not. It doesn't fit. It doesn't, mm-hmm. ha- and it doesn't have a very strong flavor. It, 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 depending on the quality you get, it it's very it's strong aroma wise. But it doesn't. It, like and I've, I've used it on a few things, and really, it's more for just the you know adding the oil at the end and getting a little bit of extra aroma. But it doesn't really add to the flavor, honestly. But it's really more about fragrance than it is taste. Than it is persistent though, and it is cover and it covers up other things, and it kind of gives it kind of that. It tastes vaguely like uh, 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 not forgive me, Andy, one of your shoes, but like a somewhat used shoe. Hmm. If you put more on it, and I think Vanessa will, <laughs> but it's true. It does taste a little bit like a, a, a somewhat used shoe. Maybe a, a someone who takes care of their socks, but definitely was walking for eight hours. It probably tastes like one of Umberto Eco's shoes, wouldn't you no, say? No, that's mm, more like the that's more like the bubble. What's in the bubble of the butter? <laughs> 
This would be um, Umberto Echo's, like, uh, was it Gucci shoes type of thing? So we'd be eating guys. <laughs> Gucci let's put shoes. It close to the Umberto Echo. What unfortunately he did, both intellectual in Italy, is debatable. We fueled it. Okay, so, now that hey, diatribe has been interrupted. You guys insisted, <laughs> and I had to say, hey. So now that now now we've been through that diatribe. The, the, so if you're so when you were mentioning Giovanni, if, if you don't have the funds to, you know, make, you know, tyrene with uh, with um, shaved truffles, could you use something else like sage? Yeah, they do. It's tagliolini. It's it's yeah. It's you're right. Tagliolini, by the way, tagliolini. So in case there's Arnie, um, but the thing is, uh, it's, it's just that it's very eggy, very rich. It's delicious in my opinion, also with ragu, uh, particularly leaner ragu, but people make it with, with sausage as well. And, and use your match, use, use your fantasy guys. It's just think about the flavor of how eggy it is, how delicate it is, because it's a thinner deal and think about what you think mm-hmm. would go well with it. It probably won't be good for seafood. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I wouldn't um, put seafood with it personally. No, no. Depending, no. I, I, depend, I, depending, because there are some things you could do. I'm thinking about generally speaking, and and it's just a delicious pasta. It really is, but it's just a regular pasta, spaghetti. Yeah. So you don't want uh, every in Italy. Every form of pasta is kind of for a particular kind of sauce or sauces. So you don't make, you know, yeah. you shouldn't make. You can't. Doesn't matter. This is meant for something as an underbase for something that's really good, like a truffle and white truffle. And I've actually had, uh, they were supposed to tajere and they weren't, they were tagliolini with white truffle once and uh, really good. Wasn't great white truffle. It probably wasn't from Alba. So I personally wouldn't spend the money on it personally on truffles. That makes sense. I mean, and I'll put I'll put this in the the show notes. But I, you know, how we have mentioned the pasta grannies. God, in the they're past. good. God bless um, their souls. They, they're so they're just so good that uh, there's a pasta granny from Piedmont who is making you know tahirini, and she had a couple different techniques she was doing. She had even had one where she was using like uh, this was like pork and was it this was like a stew of pork rabbit, rabbit and things classic, like that. And she was using yes. just. Just, just some of the broth, right? Put it on top, right? And that's it. Mm. She made a she made a super light ragu and said, if you want it with that, you could do it with that. If that's if that's your fancy, I have so, never had I've never had so, a sauce made with the the peppers that 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 Vanessa will will use frequently, but it could work. I've never had it if it's balanced out, mm-hmm. like a green chili, yeah. like a green chili sauce. Yeah, if it's done maybe in a nice, interesting way. I don't know. I've never had it before, so. There you see, you're I mean, an expert. I'm not. You could. I have no idea. I've never tasted it. I don't. I mean, there we do make soups with green chili. I have never had. Um, you know, pasta is not a a big part of the cuisine no, here. It, it be mixing. It, there's corn based things and and you know grain based things, but um, now I'm thinking. Hmm. Okay, you made me th- start thinking there, Giovanni. Please don't do it again. But. <laughs> Yeah, because, you know. Now she's mad at me because I don't like Umberto Eco as a public figure. Oh, I don't care about you liking Umberto Eco. It's just fun to needle you. Exactly. Because, because I love seeing you get all, like, puffy. It's, it's, it, well, you know, some people can do can better say? for other people. And when they get to the position where they could and they don't, it pisses me off. That's all. So, but, but now that we've reached our first 
uh, after our first pasta course, this mm-hmm. is the thing I really wanted to get to because Vanessa just made this. Yes. This yes. was, so this was Vitolo Tonato, which Vitel, is I made veal. Vitello Tonato yesterday. Yes. So explain to, to, to our audience what it is. It looks sensational. It's veal in a uh, tuna anchovy, lemon and caper sauce. And it is, excuse my language, fucking fantastic. <laughs> Forgive me, Vanessa. Have, it did was you, so did you good. Ever, that would go on the menu. I've never had that before, Vanessa, by the way. Did you have that before? Yes. Okay. It is really good. I had never made it, but I had it when I was in it's Italy. Really oh, God, where did we have it? I think we had it in Tarquinia. It was on the menu of one of the restaurants we <clears> ate <throat> at near Rome. And um, it, it sounded so different. And, you know, it, it sounds like a strange combination. And, you know, for Americans, I think so. I, I had never heard of it. No. But when I was in Italy, I was like, fuck it. I'm eating anything I can get my hands on. I don't care. And so I was like, well, veal and a tuna anchovy sauce. <laughs> sounds good to me. And it was. It was so, 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 so good. Even looking at it, it, it is hard for an American to wrap their head around mm-hmm. what the taste would be like. But oh, it's yeah. so good! It's so it's hard to describe. Um, so if so, you, what you do is you get really good quality tuna packed in olive oil. I got something called ventresca Ooh, that's tuna, expensive. which I had never. It was all right. I mean, it wasn't super pricey, but I, there's a really good Italian uh, specialty grocery store near me that I get all my stuff at. Um, I got a couple of cans of it. It was like five, six dollars a can. It wasn't that bad. And then I got really good quality anchovies in um, salt. And then I got mm-hmm. capers in um, balsamic <clears throat> vinegar. So, I'd, of course, I drained them because I didn't want that extra flavor. And basically, you get a really good cut of veal. Uh, most people use a, a like a pork, a veal pork. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find a veal pork anywhere Shoulder. to save my Shoulder. life. So I con- I contacted Giovanni several times, and he sent me lengthy lengthy descriptions of what kind of veal to get. And he said, if I got the wrong cut of veal, I was going to die. So I was like, okay, Giovanni, I don't want to die. So <laughs> come on, I fight am, with I'm, me, Giovanni. Yeah, this time listening. Come on, I'm she's trying to spar listening. here a little bit. Okay. Well, anyway, so yes. So Giovanni said, if I could not get a, ro- a, a, a veal loin to get a veal round, which I guess comes from the leg. I don't, shoulder, I'm not a butcher. Shoulder, I don't know anything about shoulder. Shoulder. Okay. One of the body parts. Anyway. So yes, the, 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 it's, it's actually a funny story because I called this, uh, this place and I asked them if they carried these cuts of veal and the guy, you know, asked me, what are you trying to make? And I said, well, I'm making vitello tonato. And he was like, oh, okay. That's from up North. My family's from the South of Italy, blah, blah, blah. So we were talking and he was asking about some other things that I had made. And then he said, well, I have one more question for you. And I said, well, what's that? He said, are you single? Because you're not. I want to marry you, and there then you, you could go. own half of the of the <laughs> of the deli. That's and I was like, <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so I love funny. It. And I was like, well, no, I'm not married, but it's okay. Thanks. So, yeah, cool. that was pretty hilarious. But I so, so you know, I haven't gotten a marriage proposal in a few years. So I was cool. like, cool. cool. I still got it. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So yes, so basically Vitello Tornato, you get your veal and what the method that I used, it was from, so there were two websites that I went to. One is called Memoria de Angelina, which is one of the websites that Giovanni sent me. And the other one is a, a, a guy who's, I've, he's a friend, but I've never met him in person, but he's an Italian, a British Italian chef named Luca Marchiori. And I love him. He's very cool. And so his method is basically what I did. And so what he suggests is that you marinate the veal in white wine, black peppercorns, juniper berries, rosemary, carrot, garlic, 
celery, something else, onion. Uh, yeah. And so that's what I did. So I marinated it for about an hour. And then you very lightly poach it. Um, so I, the, I'm trying to think how big the round that I got was. I think it was like a three pound piece of veal. So I poached it low for, I would say, uh, 30 minutes. I was really cautious about it because it was so expensive. I didn't want to screw it up. And then I took it out and let it cool. And then you make the sauce, which is basically the tuna drained, put it into a food processor with the yolks of four eggs, the juice of one lemon, four or five anchovies, black pepper, and then you pulse it all together. And then you slowly add in olive oil, like you're making homemade mayonnaise. Oh, neat. And okay. the taste of it was so good. And I, I was a little cautious because I was like, I've never made this before. It's not going to taste anything like what I had in Italy. And I dabbed in my pinky to taste it. And I had to like make myself put it away in the fridge because I kept eating it. <laughs> <laughs> and I and I put some on a piece of bread. And that was my breakfast yesterday. And yeah, God, it was so good. It was probably better yeah. than what you had in Rome because of Tarquinia, uh, which is on the coast. Uh, because nowadays, because it's cheaper and faster by labor terms, they use mayonnaise. Which is fine, but yeah. it's, in my opinion, nowhere near as good. That's in my opinion, of course. Traditionally, they do what she did, mm -hmm. which should be better. The only thing which you can do if you can is if you roast it, uh, uh, instead of poaching it, you'll have some, uh, or you just make, uh, instead of fondo. What's it called in English? Fondo. Well, the reason I poached it is because I wanted to keep the liquid to, to make um, risotto. Oh, this is good broth. No, but I meant uh, to make a fondo, mm -hmm. uh, uh, a dark sauce with veal, mm. and there you, you just add oh, a tiny okay. bit of that to the to the. You can make a dark sauce with with, with shavings the 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 fat. No, what do you want to with the meat? You want to use is simply a big lean piece of veal. It's not too tough, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's it. No, this was very good quality uh, veal, and and the reason I know it was good quality is because um, it was it was not cheap, so yeah. But um, I think it's I mean that was the sauce itself was fantastic. Like I think you could put it on potatoes. I think it'd be really. I was say the sauce sounds potatoes. like it would be like an excellent replacement for mayonnaise, just on like in anything. So is there a, is there from the anchovies? Well, you're getting some of the acid from the from the citrus in there. Is that kind of counterbalancing the anchovies? Is the it lemon is, and I forgot to mention capers. You capers also have to put in the capers. Did I mention the, the capers? capers? Yes. Andy, so the capers and the lemon offset the 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 anchovies and the tuna, and also all the oil. Because if you're mm -hmm. you, and then this is something that somebody suggested is to use not light, like to not use regular extra virgin no, olive oil no, no. because the flavor was going to be too strong. But I that's all I had, and I didn't think about it till I was making it. So I used regular extra virgin. It came out really good, but you can see it's really rich. So what I, so what you do is you, you cook your veal, you let it cool, you make your sauce, and then you put the sauce on the bottom of the plate. You put the veal on that sauce and you cover it with the rest of the sauce and you refrigerate it for a couple of hours covered so it doesn't dry out. And then you take it out and it's meant to be eaten at room temperature. And Neat. so what I did is I put caper berries on top of it because I love caper berries. And, um, they, they're just like this really good offset to it. I don't know. It was, it was fabulous. And then I made um, pesto pasta to go with it. So yeah, it was a, it was a really good, really, that really good. awesome. Mm -hmm. So when you, so you refrigerated the, the, the pork with the sauce on top veal. for mm -hmm. two the hours veal? and mm -hmm. then, and then, you, and then, excuse me, and then you, and mm -hmm. the veal, yeah. and then you took the, took it out and let it 
get to room temp and mm-hmm. then it was served and then it was okay to serve. Right? Mm-hmm. It was fabulous. Wow. It was so good. It definitely seems like with it definitely seems like this would be a impress people at a dinner party kind of thing mm-hmm. looking at it. It would it looks like a, a, an impressive dish to me. Yeah, it's definitely something you would make if you were wanting to impress somebody. So, um, you know, when you come visit Gio, you're going to get Vitello Tonato made by me. There you go. Certainly. One of the So I'll never have to make it cuz he's never going to come visit, right? <laughs> uh, first let's get one step. Magate le nata. Someone else's. How do I say it? Megate le nata? Magate le nata. Magate? Let me type it in the chat. Hang on a second. Okay, thank you. Wanted to mention, Andy, that... I don't have my used, copy of uh, Foucault's... It's used more often instead of a second course. It's used more often as an as a, as an appetizer course. But it can be just... A, mm-hmm. It can also be... Yeah, really? The other thing is the one you say mayonnaise. Mayonnaise is part of. Instead, I like it more how she made it using whole eggs. And you and it basically is like a thick mayonnaise-ish sauce instead of mm-hmm. it being a mayonnaise where, where mm-hmm. you beat things up and... and and yeah. and and uh, I like mayonnaise, by the way, fresh, well done. But since it's cheaper, just like everything else, they use simply industrial mayonnaise and mix it with capers and and stuff instead of doing mm-hmm. it the, the right way, which allows you to, to control the flavor more. But making mayonnaise from scratch is like it so really easy, is. and I, I don't. I, was gonna I mean, say it's not. I don't hard. know why people. I mean, it can be labor intensive. Um, I I, ju- I always make it by hand. Like I have a balloon whisk, and I just whisk and whisk and whisk. It's really good. It's a good arm workout. But because I every time I've tried making it, either in like an immersion blender or in a food processor, it, it breaks funky quickly, and it pisses yeah. me off. Is it just, is it just because the mechanized motors are more probably air quotes air quotes violent with it, right? And when I you're whisking so. it, you have better yeah. control. Yeah. yeah. So. Yeah. So yeah. So it didn't happen this time around, but I think maybe it's because it wasn't technically making mayonnaise really, because you you're not whisking in the raw egg yolks, you're whisking in the hard boiled egg yolks. If I didn't you're not mixing that, in air, so, so it's okay. actually just a regular sauce, but the flavors mm-hmm. are the same, and then you get to put in a little bit yes. of of flavoring that you want. Mayonnaise, mm-hmm. particularly industrial stuff, is usually pretty pretty intense and very fatty, so and they mm-hmm. also never use good oil, almost never. I was just going to say, they don't use good quality oil. And that's part of the problem is it's just like really like mass produced, like corn oil or canola oil, and it's not good. So once you've had homemade mayonnaise, you're just like, you know, I'm not going to be eating it's that Hellman's crap from a jar anymore. <laughs> but yes, that was my, my foray into making Vitello Tonato. I was quite, quite proud of It sounds incredible. Quite proud and of it. And ho- I hope you put it up on Instagram because it looked great. Oh, I will. I'm going to wait, though, until uh, you decide to publicize this episode. I will. So you can will. you can, yeah. uh, you can can have all the glory of my uh, Vitello Tornato. Well, I'm going to make sure to make the pasta myself before mm-hmm. I publicize this, too, because I do want to link to it, and I want the experience of making the pasta. So that for our dessert round, uh, while we're while we're in Piedmont, I, I am a huge fan of hazelnuts. I love hazelnuts. Um and I saw this dessert called Bonnet, uh, which is a des- which looks like it is a form of hazelnut biscuits, or you could use amaretti cookies, along with eggs, cocoa powder, sugar, milk, and rum. And it essentially looks like a kind of like a form of um, I don't know. This would be what's the right term? It's not a cupcake, no, right, no, Giovanni. No, it's, but it's if there's a if there's a form you put it into, you could, right? You could compare it to a very thick pudding. Thick pudding, but it has an intense, deep, and overwhelming flavor. 
which is almost addictive, except that it's the kind of flavor that when you eat it once, you can go about a few months without, and then you really want it bad again. But it's oh, really? uh, it's been a long time since I've no, not that long. I had one from someone who came back uh, last autumn. Not easy to find, though. Well, homemade, well made outside of uh, Piemonte. Another, I don't know. Sometimes people make it. Sometimes pastries do make it, but it's not that frequent, even though it's really well known. Hmm. Great flavor. Interesting. I, I wonder what looks... I wonder what uh, liquor they use when they for, when it first came into being because it's been around. What does that say since the 13th century? The 13th but they wouldn't century. have used rum back then because rum wasn't around, right? Or back then, uh, or was it? I don't. I'm not maybe. a food historian, Giovanni. Um, maybe the other thing I've done, the thing I found curious while you're looking it up, Gio, is I, I never knew the whole backstory behind why hazelnuts became so. Popular. Well, no, it's not that. Any, we, so we, live, we lived on hazelnuts in the sense of uh, uh, Europe. At a hazelnut culture for probably the majority of time, there were people in Europe. Well, now, is it true that during the century. Napoleonic era, there, 17th century? Caribbean during, invention. I might be wrong about this one, Giovanni, but wasn't there like a form of a, I don't know if this is during Napoleon or whatever, but there was like a, a they were pulling away chocolate. They weren't allowing people to have access to chocolate. So hazelnuts became, you know, big in that time. You may be, I do not know. I'm talking about uh, history beforehand, before civilizations became a bit more, uh, uh, cities became larger. I mean, literally for, say, from, from look it up, I can look it up quickly. Uh, it, it was our primary form of subsistence, particularly in the winter time. Hazelnuts were probably in Europe the reason why we had humanity inside, not near the coast. Well, they were also used as a, as a, a form of um, a flour, right? To make that, that's bread. That's what I was just going to mention. Yeah. Probably easier to find and less expensive than uh, flour. Well, and actually one of the things I'm kind of curious about is if somebody, you know, Thinking about gluten, the gluten that's in flour. This is where people making essentially pastries or flours or things with hazelnuts, and there's no gluten in it, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, for heaven's sakes. But in terms of a dessert, this looks to me, it's sensational. I actually do want to try making this. It probably, we'll see what my luck is trying my hand at something like this, but it just looks decadent. Looks amazing. Give it a shot. Can you make it with Nutella? <laughs> hmm. Let's get Giovanni's take on Nutella while we're here. I don't have to. Just <laughs> Poor Giovanni. Up, I'm up, sorry. I've just been giving you a hard time all up, day, haven't look, I? I'm look sorry. Up the ingredients, look up the ingredients of Nutella, which, by the way, is a, it's you'll iconic run in Italy too, guys. It's the McDonald's of, 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 of John the Yolt. It's, it's crappy, but it's relatively cheaper. And it's always there, and it's always gooey, and you can put it on bread in the morning. You can do whatever. It's really flavorful. Mm-hmm. When you're depressed, it's one of those things which you can eat the whole thing of, like like peanut butter or vanilla ice cream. <laughs> I've uh, never done that. Particularly when it gets, particularly when it gets week. half. Yeah, <laughs> you put it, if you put it in some place in the fridge, and it gets like half hard, then you can eat that. You can eat like a whole, but you can really get happily sick on this stuff because it's like half palm oil. Oh, there's, it's half trust palm me. oil. And it's actually full of. Candy's like. I've had, I've like, had Nutella-based illnesses. Uh, if I can find so, it, I've, I've had I've had Nutella Nutella illnesses. 
by eating too much. <laughs> Nutella versus real. Can't even find a difference here. Nutella versus real what? What it's supposed to be. Chocolate hazelnut spread. Chocolate hazelnuts, yeah. Well, did, I think would it would it be the equivalent of Jeff versus fresh ground peanut butter? Uh, kind of, yeah, basically, except even more so because it's to keep it to give it that goo. It's 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 all uh, palm oil, basically. Actually, why don't I go ahead and do that? Um, ingredients for Nutella. I'll make sure to link that in the show notes. I'm sure Nutella will be happy with me about that. <laughs> no, uh, <clears throat> no, prom no promo Nutellas for you, Andy. Nope. Okay. Nutella sponsorship, not happy. Hazelnuts, 13%. We're trying to monetize. Actually, I'll just give it to you right here. Uh, doesn't even tell you here. Here we go. They don't even tell you that they don't even tell you the real percentages. Where are you? Where'd you guys go? Here we go. They don't, they don't want to frighten people. <laughs> well, you only live once, so go ahead and enjoy yourself. Where's the chat on this thing? I've never, where's Andy? Forgive me. Where's the chat on this deal? It's here we go. The, chat. It's in the lower part gotcha. of the screen. Okay. And here we have that. There must be a video on it, though. I'm sure you could be better for us to take a look at that. Oh, I'm sure. That's, those are the ingredients for Nutella. I, by the way, I'm on a massive uh, nut butter thing of late because I'm discovering all of them, and they're all so freaking good. Yes, nut butter is uh, incredible. Best is is uh, anarcardi. What are they called? The, the 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 half crescent nuts. What are they called? Macadamia, macadamia butter. Oh, macadamia. And just yes. one ingredient on the. Just one ingredient. It's the nut that's been heated and then made into a paste. And they're all really, really delicious. This is Italian. Oh. Anyway. Gio, you put in something for truffles, but that's okay. Excuse me? Oh, for heaven's sake. Sorry about that. A very useful video on truffles, but not I Nutella. I looked it up, but then that apparently didn't copy for me. Well, it's not that important. Well, but so now that we've been through our entire menu, you get a sense of how rich and how... Um, how different the food is in Piedmont in the north uh, from this glorious veal beef that dish that uh, Vanessa made to these delicate, very hyper eggy pastas um, and in Banyakoto, which puts a complete spotlight on garlic as well as anchovies. So, like Banyakoto is basically the notion is get something that's really flavorful and thick and, and use, or pitartone instead, you can make everywhere. This is true. We didn't mention that Vital Tone, the reason why it's there is because it was part of the anchovy trade. So the anchovies were always there. And anchovies, of course, are poor people's food. There's the legend of the salt thing. It's not. It's just probably not. It's just straightforward that anchovies have always been there. Well, actually go into that for a second because I could I could at least kind of splice that in with the because because with the anchovies, I had read that the that anchovies were meant myth. to hide salt, right? Because yeah, salt salt, salt was no. meant to be smuggled. Anchovies were hiding salt. I didn't know how true that was. It probably is not true at all, actually, but just introduced afterward because it would have been too expensive anyway. 
again, I think we mentioned the last time. It, it, it makes a good not, story, though. It does. It like it doesn't. It's not like uh, lining your clothes with heroin, and then <laughs> and then cocaine. It doesn't have that much of a margin. Uh, so it probably doesn't have any any foundation in in reality. It is a sort of thing which, yes, Italians in the South particularly would do. Like the, it's true. There's the video story of the. The, the robbery of a gas station and there wasn't enough money in the cash register. So they locked. Oh, I love that story. They locked. <laughs> yeah, there's a video. They locked the dude in, in the office and they spent the rest of the day pumping gas and taking the money. It was a classic. It's a classic <laughs> Italic attitude of saying, okay, so this isn't working. Well, there's, so what a, do we do? there's a business opportunity for you right there, Jill. And what's that? Go go lock a gas station owner away somewhere and then pump gas and then keep the money. Nah, I'd rather just wrap up Romanian truffles and sell them as Albin. <laughs> or that. You could do that too. Hmm. <laughs> the other interesting thing about the, um, the region of Piedmonte is that they're um, very well known for growing uh, rice, which is uh, risotto is, is a very popular dish up there. And I, I had read somewhere during my research for this episode that Thomas Jefferson, the uh, second president of the United States, actually smuggled some rice out of the Piedmont region and took it home to his uh, plantation to grow it there. Because at the time, it was not allowed out of the country. So wow, I thought that was pretty interesting. Thomas Jefferson smuggling yeah. goods. Thomas Jefferson doing something uh, morally questionable. Wow. Because we've never heard anything about that before, have we? No. Mm. I think if you look closely enough at his statue, it'll say the guy who took the risotto at the bottom. But <laughs> the guy who stole risotto from, from Piedmont. <laughs> right, exactly. Well, since you already killed me for the Umberto Eco thing, let's not go there. I like Thomas Jefferson, oh, but his, his treatment of slaves wasn't exactly what we would call grand. Oh, I don't think uh, anyone would disagree with you. And why would I get mad? Oh, oh because, exactly. because I, I don't some, think Thomas Jefferson was a very morally uh, good human being. Let's say that by compare, one can admire him, but only by compare. But only by compare for the time. So you. And on that note, to... I'm going to go. I'm going to go read some Umberto Eco now. You there? You go. <laughs> one more time, Vanessa. Megatta la. Magafte la nata. Take the cork out. On that note, thank you both. It was a very fun start of our journey in Northern Italy. And we have lots more regions to explore and stuff that I think a lot of people have not really heard of in Italy. So to me, this is going to be a blast. Thanks, Andy. Okay, Andy. Thank you.